We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? This is the Rotowire DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel, and I am your host, Joe Pizapia. And I don't know why I feel like I'm cutting a wrestling promo, but you know what? I'm fired up today, and I know my, uh, my partner is fired up as well. It's the one, the only, Sergeant John McKechnie. What's happening, baby? How you doing? Oh, yeah. Top of the cage, yeah. We're going to go. <laughs> We're going to enter so many lineups, and I'm going to go all the way up to the top of the cage. I'm going to go crushing down. With an elbow of pay lines for you. That's what I've got. Uh, I think I'm just watching too much wrestling with my children. I think that's what's happening, John. There you go. I mean, Father of the Year award already locked up. Lock it up, baby. Nicely done. And, you know, this is a good change of pace because, uh, you know, my my plan coming into today was uh, you're going to ask me how I'm doing. And I was going to tell you about how I was watching the um, baseball game last night with my buddy, uh, also from the greater Washington area. But he has a misfortune of being a Nationals fan, so yeah. that was kind of a, that was kind of a massive bummer last night. But, uh, but you were you, happy you, inside. There was a part of you that must have been enjoying the Nationals' pain, right? I, I do kind of get some Schadenfreude from from like their pain, yeah, because it's just classic Washington meltdown or painful loss in the playoffs. So I uh, wasn't overly surprised by that. But uh, man, I I think like that my my sort of sympathy for the Cubs is worn a little bit thin. But uh, I don't know. That that was just a, a rough, rough evening last night for for uh, for my buddy. Just root for the Jose Altuve in the Astros. That's what I'm doing. Always. I just want little Jose Altuve to have a ring and an MVP. That's what I want for short people everywhere. And for those new to the podcast, Jose Altuve. If you listen to the baseball podcast over the summer, uh, he is my spirit animal. This is something uh, we've been well documented. Uh, I'm a big fan of Jose Altuve, and uh, <laughs> I like to see him stand next to Aaron Judge with the you know and hoist that. Uh, American League Championship trophy over his uh, his giant tall head. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, last night, if you played in the Monday-Thursday slate and you listened to Monday's show, 
Well, guess what? You won money. In fact, you probably cash in every single 50-50 if you listen to what we said. And you probably cash in most tournaments as well because we did some, uh, some nice little action there. And as I told you on Monday, those lineups would carry over to tournaments from cash. And guess what? They did. So uh, kudos to uh, Joe Bartell. Uh, some great stuff there. We hammered that out. But no rest for the weary because here we are. It's week six in the NFL, so let's get at it. Let's start with quarterback. Top of the board is Tom Brady dealing with the AC joint, but again, it's the non-throwing shoulder. Tom Brady's going to play against the Jets. He's going to run up the score against the Jets because the Patriots hate the Jets. Trouble is it's 9,500, and that's a very, very expensive piece. Then you got Aaron Rodgers at 9K, uh, Drew Brees at 86. So I'm going to stop there, and this is the upper echelon because uh, this is, you know, to me, a clear delineation between the rest in terms of price and productivity. Now, Drew Brees coming off the bye has one of the most insane records. He's averaging somewhere around 350 yards per game, averaging somewhere around three and a half touchdowns per game coming off the bye, let alone off the bye in a dome or at home. The numbers are incredible. And the fact that he's almost $1,000 less than Brady, to me, this is a no-brainer, John. Uh, I mean, that, there's uh... – yeah, all the logic is there. Certainly, I'm I'm not going with Tom Brady this week. Um, I know that the Jets uh, are kind of sorry, but turns out that they're not as sorry as the Giants are, as far as uh, your New New York teams are concerned. But um, yeah, Breeze definitely makes a ton of sense. And I think getting in on either side of either the Breeze or Stafford uh, makes plenty of sense. Drew Breeze is only a hundred dollars more expensive. Yeah, I mean, so. come on. I mean, and Stafford's a little banged up. And by the way, don't right. you hang those New York teams on me. I am not. A Jets or Giants fan, and never have been. Do not hang that. Uh, don't make. Don't hang that don't ugly on me. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky? Don't you Bobby. put that on me, Johnny McKegney? Don't you dare! You uh, <laughs> slip that in there like I wasn't gonna catch it. I'm listening. I got these headphones on. I know what you're saying about me. Uh, let's talk about Deshaun Watson. Another great yes, game for Watson last week. Uh, Seventy nine hundred against Cleveland. Now look, I mean, this is back to back thirty four plus games. Twenty two before that. Even if it's somewhere closer to that twenty two you're still looking at a quarterback that's three times value potentially. <laughs> so, you know, right where he is, that, that is a great opportunity here against Cleveland. He's at home. I know it's going to be chalk. I don't care if you need to save exactly. another $700. I'm good with Watson. What are your thoughts this week? Are we going back to the Watson well yet again like last week? Completely. Uh, yeah, Watson has just been unbelievable so far, and, and Cleveland is so – so bad against the pass that they rank, uh, let's see here, uh, 31st, uh, according to Football Outsiders DVOA, uh, according to or against the pass. Uh, so I think that uh, Watson, with the full complement of receivers, uh, really the question is, you know, and we'll get to it later, do you go Fuller or do you go Hopkins or do you go both? Uh, really, that, that's, that's the only question here. I think Watson is, is a definite uh, lock for all my lineups uh, this week. Um, I, you kind of convinced me a little bit on, on throwing some breeze ones together, but uh, really it's tough to, to make a lineup and not have Watson in it right now. I'm trying to, I'll get a buddy of mine on my other show on fantasy network brought it up and he gave me the numbers and he broke them down too. I told him to text me so I could send them to you because they are, they are unbelievable. And he had like all the breakdowns like, Hey, here's how he is off the buy here. He has off the buy at home. Here's he has the buy against this kind of opponent. And the numbers are just shocking. You know, like the bad game for him is 301 and three touchdowns. That was like the worst game. Um, now, to answer your other question about which wide receiver to go with, I'm going to rattle some numbers off at you. 16, 13, 8, 12, 12. Those Isn't are the number Hopkins of targets? targets for Hopkins. Exactly. So, to me, I, I know too, man. Fuller's been great, and I know he's cheaper. 
But dude, I mean, how do you not go with that volume with Hopkins and pair him up with Watson? It's almost like a, it's a no brainer. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I guess really, uh, the, the, the issue or, you know, what people are going to run into is, you know, Fuller, uh, coming in at 6,000 is some, is someone that you can kind of save some cap room and, and you still have, uh, some, some ceiling to go on. But, you know, you know, uh, if you're, if you're just kind of throwing it together, I think Hopkins probably is, is the better play. I'll give that to you. But Will Fuller, uh, with his game breaking speed, uh, it seems like he's immediately ha- had a, rapport with with Watson even with uh, missing that time due to a broken collarbone Uh, I do like Fuller a fair bit too all right now if you're allergic to chalk I'm going to give you something here and another guy coming off the bye who you know so far offensively this team hasn't really fired on all cylinders I think a lot of it is because uh, of the health of Jamison Crowder who I'm hoping is healthy enough this week to get back in action Reed's going to be on the field too and that guy is Kirk Cousins at 78 now if you do a multi-entry you want to have a Watson lineup at 79, you can pivot off of that and do a Cousins lineup with the 78 and just get a little differential if that's what you're looking for to do. Because to me, I think Cousins at 78, is a, that's an easy two times value with potential for three. And we always talk about that. That's the formula for success at quarterback. Can you get two times value with potential for three? Talked about last week of Prescott, Watson, all those guys worked out. The trap of Rodgers was exactly that. It was right on that borderline there where you've got to spend that much. He better be a lock for three. That's why I'm okay spending with Breeze. But Kirk Cousins, I'm willing to take this risk. The question is, against San Francisco, are you willing to take that risk, John? Yeah, it, it makes a ton of sense here. Um, you know, he's a guy that, that um, you know, has all his weapons. I think they're, they're starting to break out a little bit, you know, prior. Uh, Josh Doxson, despite his, like, famous drop on Monday night uh, against the Chiefs, you know, he, he's look, he looks a little bit promising. Um, I, I imagine that the Redskins are just going to absolutely shred the 49ers, and the 49ers are pretty sorry against the pass. I think they, they rank uh, 26 uh, against the pass, where, where the, you know, uh, like we said earlier, the Browns are 31st. So, I think that um, Cousins at home, especially, uh, that that's a really nice play. You know, getting a West Coast team uh, to travel east, that's always a good thing for for an early game. Uh, I guess really, uh, once you move down from there, though, um, you're not using Jared Goff. I know he's kind of like an early season hero, but um, I, I watched that Jacksonville secondary, and I'm I'm still having nightmares uh, from last week against Roethlisberger. I know Roethlisberger's washed up, but. Uh, Man, Jalen Ramsey is as good as advertised. So I'm fa- I'm off a of golf. Uh, but what do you think of Trevor Simeon at home against a Giants team that uh, just suspended Dominic uh, Rogers Cromartie for for being un- unhappy with the coach? Well, look, I I think that they've folded up the tents. So I think the Giants yeah, have quit. This is bad scenario. In fact, let me get to the bonus question. It is a giant question, so it's going to be a good time there. You're going to enjoy this one, um, <laughs> but. To me, the 75 is a trap because for 400, 300 more, you're talking about Deshaun Watson, you're talking about Cousins, and the value is just so much higher. Plus, if if this is just a defensive game where they're just going to grind out, and this is to me is a uh, C.J. Anderson game more than anything else. This is C.J., C.J. more than Simeon. Look, Simeon had those two first great games, and after that, he's barely broken double digits, and that's way too much of risk, whereas I think the risk of a Cousins is the worst case is he gives you double digits. You know, the worst yeah. case is he's somewhere around, you know, 15, and, and that's okay. Like, you know, I don't, I don't look for those first two weeks where he was against the Rams and, and the Eagles and everything was just a complete disaster over there. I think, you know, last couple games you've seen 25, 26, 20. I mean, that's more of like Kirk Cousins that we know, and he's always been a slow starter. So, for sure. me, that's that spot. All right, let's go over to running back here. Kareem Hunt, top of the board, 93. Very expensive in that same game you got Le'Veon Bell 
for 9K. Uh, are you making a case for either one of these guys in this game? And if so, if you're going to pay for one, who would you pay for, John? Um, I'm probably going uh, the cream hunt route. Uh, and I know that Le'Veon, you know, for $300 cheaper, um, he makes a ton of sense too. Uh, it's really hard to argue against him. Um, but, but I don't think that Pittsburgh's defense against the run is all that spectacular. And Hunt can also just hurt, hurt a team in a variety of ways, you know, with his pass catching ability. So um, I'm probably giving the lean to Kareem Hunt slightly. And I, I think that uh, the market share there, um, it, it just all, it all kind of makes sense. Whereas Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh is also kind of middling against the run where, um, where Kansas City is pretty solid. Um, so give me, give me Kareem Hunt over Le'Veon. All right, Leonard Fournette, 86, dealing with an ankle injury. He's questionable as of right now. But uh, to me, this is a week where I'm willing to pay down for running back. I'm, I'm not willing to go up to the top of the board at all if I can avoid it. Uh, Melvin Gordon coming off a huge week last week where he was chirping and chirping, give me the ball, and he was outstanding last Typical week. Typical Wisconsin, just loud mouthing. I know, I know. I mean, what are you going to do there? But look, 31 points, that speaks volume. So he can loudmouth all he wants for 8,400 if he's going to go against Oakland, a not a good defense. So, nope. And if that's the recipe for Ws, which has been a problem for the Los Angeles Chargers, then give Melvin Gordon the ball, and hopefully that will equate to more Ws. It's not really a difficult thing to understand. Uh, last week we were afraid of all the Green Bay running backs. I'm still afraid of them. I'm yes. not playing them. You're in the mind, right? Same thing, just avoid them. It's really, you know, I don't think that Ty Montgomery is bad, and I do think that Aaron Jones is good. I just think Mike McCarthy just is unpredictable. He wants, he wants to be Bill Belichick and that he wants to like screw up <laughs> with fantasy owners, but he, he's not quite like to that brainiac level. So it just sort of looks like this fumbling, like, oh, uh, get, get to put this guy in. That's so hilarious. I, I love that. N- not a McCarthy fan over here. If you no, I could, I could tell. I could pick up. I like that. That's good. And you, <laughs> and you are a Green Bay. No, you're not. You're a Baltimore Ravens fan, right? Yeah. That is correct. Yeah. I actually uh, just got my uh, got my tickets to to make my pilgrimage to Lambeau. Uh, yeah. Up there. So that's going to be fun. Outstanding. Well, as I mentioned before, when we were talking about Simeon, CJ Anderson's my guy. He's just 7K. Uh, this is a guy who's been a low-end RB1 you know, for the most part. I know there's been a couple games there where it wasn't great. That game at Buffalo sticks out. But this one's at home. Okay, This one's in the, against a giant team that's 29th against the rush. This is a game where you could see them getting out to a lead and just sitting on it because the Giants' inability to convert. And for me, it's two times value easily here for him. And then the other guy is Doug Martin, who another one's been chirping about, I'm ready for the workload. He looked great last Thursday. He's had a lot of time off to rest in between games. He had 15 points last week off of just 13 carries. So if you're going to add another five carries to that mix, I don't see a way he doesn't get in the end zone at least one time. Uh, I love this matchup too, and that's another guy at 68 where I want all kinds of shares of him as well. Yeah, I think that's a great call. And, you know, Martin tends to be a guy that I overlook a little bit, but he really did look, uh, you know, kind of explosive and and just ready to rip uh, going against New England last week. And like you said, uh, the, the extra two days uh, of rest, it certainly helps. And then going against Arizona, uh, who's, you know, kind of not that Arizona defense of old, um, I definitely like Martin a fair bit. And, you know, I, I'm kind of with you on your strategy of, of going um, a little bit lower um, on running backs this week. And uh, with that, uh, 5,800, Alvin Kamara, I, I don't see how you can go away from that. I, I wanted to hear your thoughts on that before I give my Kamara spiel. Well, the Kamara half 
even the half PPR, I think, is going to be very valuable. The Peterson trade that went down this week, by the way, if you're thinking about Peterson, stop thinking. Please don't do this. Don't, do don't, be, don't be cute. I don't care if he has a good game. It's not worth the risk. It's not worth the investment for it, I'm telling you. Unless you've just got money to burn and you're just, you know, had a couple wild turkeys and you want to go out there and throw it, that's fine. But uh, Mark Ingram, I think, at 59 has equal appeal this week because of that lack of presence there. I think all these guys are in play. Kamara probably has a little bit more upside because of the big play potential and because of the receiving points as well. But I think both of them are right in there. And, uh, I mean, what is your Kamara spiel? Let's hear yours. Uh, Kamara had 10 targets uh, his last game. And this is true. And it is known. <laughs> and like you said, uh, Breeze tends to be uh, a little bit extra lit coming off the bye. Um, so that, that's just an excellent game to target. And I think Kamara is a really nice way to get cheap exposure to that. It's almost like, uh, you know, if we were talking DFS baseball, it's like getting Arenado at cores, you know, for, for like under 4,000. I think that uh, Kamara is just going to see a ton of volume here, you know, more than, more than we've seen from him. And I think he's just a more explosive player than Mark Ingram. I know that Mark Ingram probably gets uh, the lower ownership this week. So there, there's probably slightly more Mark Ingram tournament appeal. Kamara's a little bit more chalky because I think more people are on him. Um, but I think in terms of explosiveness, um, good, uh, going against that Lions defense, that, that's really good against the pass against receivers, but not, not as much um, against uh, pass catching running backs. I think that Kamara really, um, you know, he does it for me this week. I think he, he saves you money pretty much everywhere um, to really load up at like receiver or something like that. All right. Last week we were on Ellington and Duke Johnson and uh, both of them, especially in the full PPR were very good investments. In fact, even the half PPR and FanDuel, Duke Johnson was outstanding. Uh, you know, there's some narrative going on that because Hogan's quarterback now that all of a sudden that drop off, they see the three targets. Uh, but you know what? You know, I don't care if it's three targets. I don't care if it's seven targets. I think it's somewhere in that range. I still think Duke Johnson can be useful enough here. This narrative, I'm not buying that just because Kevin Hogan's quarterback that all of a sudden Duke Johnson becomes irrelevant. I don't see that at all. I will, I will have zero bad-mouthing of Kevin Hogan, a Jesuit, educated. There you go. Stanford-educated man. That's what I'm talking podcast. about. Love it. Love it. So, so you can go back to that Johnson well again because I'm telling you right now, the ownership's going to be so minuscule. I mean, it's going to be absolutely insane. So I'm just telling you that that's, you know, for the amount of floor he offers on a weekly basis – whether it be touchdowns, whether it be receiving, whether it be rushing, to me it's a no-brainer. And Crowell has not played well, so maybe you're in a spot where you know he even starts to get a little bit more uh, out of the backfield rushing as well. I am the Deion Lewis whisperer. Uh, it's 5,300. I, I don't say this very often, but um, I just got a feeling this week. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, if you're looking for a little oppo strange where everybody's got Kamara and you want that same kind of player. Uh, I think Deion Lewis against the Jets is just the right kind of strange uh, as well. I don't like Patriots running backs, but uh, I have been known to be the Deion Lewis whisperer here uh, in the past. So any other running backs here you want to make a case for before we turn the page? Is it a Chris Thompson? Uh, is, it, uh, is it a Jordan Howard who's been, you know, I think better than people give him credit for, but, you know, still a limited offense? I mean, yeah, I feel still- like we kind of knit them all, you know? Right. Uh, yeah, I think I think so too. With, with Howard, um, you know, it's a tough matchup for him uh, on the road. With you know, and he's going to have a rookie quarterback uh, going. So I think they're like Chicago's going to try to run the ball, but I just don't think it's going to be particularly efficient when they do. So uh, you know, I, I think that there are just a lot more appealing options out there. Um, I just wanted um, you to sort of uh, end the Wayne Gallman. Uh, as well, because uh, Wayne Gallman uh, going against Denver with with how banged up. Um, 
that the entire Giants offense is. I, I wanted no. you to to just you know. Let, oh, I'll stick a fork in him. Dan's yeah. Gallman. No Gallman. No Gallman. No, no, none of them. No Darkwa. No Gallman. No, e- not no. No Giants. Period. Um, oh, we're going to get to the Giants. I'm keep teasing it, but we're going to get to the Giants at the end of the show. I'm telling you right now. Uh, I've been saving it. I've been waiting for this one. Uh, but no, you, you can't. That rush, it's the number one rush defense, and that was something that they were not last year. They were not good against the rush, and they've corrected that. Yep. And they've been brutally good this year against the run, the Denver Broncos. So ah, no way. And that's all the Giants have left. Yes, all right. Literally. Let's, let's go over to wide receiver. Um, Antonio Brown, top of the board, 9,200, coming off uh, a good game. Uh, certainly a bounce back after a, just an abysmal showing the week before. And, you know, I would expect him to see somewhere. And he's been a little good week, bad week so far. But Roethlisberger on the road, no thank you. Uh, he looks like he's already retired. He's just not told anybody. Um, so if you're following that, if you think you're about retiring, as Bill Parcells used to always say, then uh, you are retired. And uh, we talked about that on the podcast on Monday. No, no, no. Now, Michael Thomas is 85. I understand the appeal. But I'm going to make a case right now for Drew Brees being one of those quarterbacks who kind of bucks the trend, whereas you want to have, you know, a Hopkins and a Watson, or you want to maybe have a Hogan and a Brady or something like that, or, or Gronk and Brady. Some kind of combinations are usually good. Drew Brees is the one guy that if you're running naked Drew Brees out there, I think that it's better from an investment standpoint because you can find other guys that have more locked-in target volume. Because Drew Brees is great at one thing, playing quarterback – and finding the guys who are open. He doesn't care about your fantasy team. He never has. He never will. And the target volume is just going to be a little inconsistent, and you don't know where the touchdowns are going. It could be a Ted Ginn game. It could be a Kobe Fleener game. It could be a Michael Thomas game. It's more likely, but at 85, I'm not willing to make that investment. What do you think about Naked Drew Brees this week? Are you in the same place I am? Uh, Naked Drew Brees, very New Orleans. Very uh, New Orleans. He's got actually. He's just wearing beads. I'm pretty sure it's just beads. <laughs> but no, no, that that that's a great argument. And uh, you know, to your point, Thomas, I I think like initially he draws that he draws that appeal um, because he he's 700 less than than the most expensive receiver, Antonio Brown. So he, obviously you're thinking about that. Uh, plus, you know, the this the game with the highest implied over under of the week. Um, but really, when you look at it, Thomas. Uh, it's been a little bit touchdown dependent. I mean, for as far as the number one receiver goes, uh, to this point in the season, he's got 37 targets, so that's about nine a game for him. Um, so good, not but not like insane target volume. Kamara is actually only nine targets less than him on, on the entire season. So like you said, that ball's going to get spread around a little bit. So really, uh, Thomas is a little bit riskier that, than he looks. Um, I, I would say like it, he's not like the cash game lock per se. I think that there's a little bit more like tournament to him because uh, the way that that Saints offense functions. Hashtag naked Drew Brees. All right, Julio Jones coming off the bye with the hip injury. Uh, I'm gonna. This is a tough matchup. Miami's defense has played very well, but luckily for them, Jay Cutler still right now is quarterback. So I imagine they're gonna be on the field too much, and eventually Julio will burn them. You got Mike Evans uh, coming off a down game against Arizona. That should be a tough matchup as well for him. Right. So it could be two tough weeks in a row. You got Jordy looking for a bounce back. I know he caught a touchdown. But look, the, my first wide receiver that I want to pay for is Hopkins. We talked about it earlier. To me, that's where you pay. I mean, the target volume is enough of a floor in cash games at the very least and the upside of tournaments where it's such a good investment, you'd just be crazy not to do it. Golden Tate against New Orleans. Now, if you want to go on the flip side of this, I think Golden Tate is one where you can make a case for, you know, a little contrarian love here, not pairing with Stafford, just being 
having some shares of the Detroit side, but I think Tate is the way I would go. Yeah, I, I love Tate, especially um, in, in full PPR. I mean, I think that's kind of the way that everyone looks at Golden Tate. Um, I, I'm a little bit um, concerned about the, the Detroit receivers. I think that uh, the New Orleans secondary isn't quite getting enough love, uh, which is a very weird thing to say. Oh, um, they've been better lately. You're right. They really have. The, um, the rookie that they have, uh, um, Gary on Conley, uh, you know, one of those Ohio State guys. Um, I think that he's, he's like pretty much already like a stud lockdown corner. Uh, so if they stick Conley on, on Tate, um, then you, you sort of uh, have to look down a little bit. I, I think that uh, the, the Lions can get something going through the air, but uh, Conley's a guy that, that really is a matchup issue um, if you're trying to, trying to go DFS offense against him. So, I mean, like a Marvin Jones for, for a ton less, uh, I think would be my pivot, and, and I would probably go that route if I'm trying to get some uh, Detroit exposure. All right, I'm going to read some more numbers to you. You ready? One, no. two... <laughs> Well, it's too bad it's happening anyway. Oh, God. Now you sit there and you listen to these numbers. <laughs> one, two, one, one. These are the number of touchdowns in each of the last four games for Chris Hogan. So we're talking about uh, 1.2 or 1.3 touchdowns per game average. Now, Chris Hogan's taking on the Jets. I think it's safe to say at this point, Hogan might be have become the favorite target right now. Uh, Amendola is still a safety blanket, still around there. But in terms of... Target volume, another one, too. Back-to-back weeks here, we got nine targets, 11 targets. He's catching the ball. He's making touchdowns happen. 7,500, Chris Hogan, I say lock it up. I like that a ton, and it makes me feel better about all my season-long leagues. Yay! Uh, where I went and got Chris Hogan, um, especially after uh, the Edelman injury. Uh, but, yeah, Chris Hogan has been a touchdown machine uh, recently. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's getting the target volume that, that you like to see. He's got 37 on the year, which I, it looks like it, lead, it does lead the Patriots um, by a little bit. Uh, James White is second uh, with 35. So, uh, <laughs> do, yeah, do like Hogan uh, yeah. a fair bit this week, especially, you know, considering that he is going against the Jets. All right, Michael Crabtree at 7K is always a good investment. I don't care what the scenario is. He just always is. Carr's going to play. Um, he's just a very safe investment. I know he had that one awful game at Washington, but you got to throw that out because that was the injury. That was a so, quarterback. That wasn't really. Yeah, so you, you throw that one out. Up. Yeah, you don't even worry about that one. As you continue to go down uh, the road here, um, I'll go all the way to the other end of the Patriots spectrum, 6,100 for Amendola. That's another one I can get behind without a doubt. Uh, I think that's a great spot. Uh, for Amendola to be, you know, that possession wide receiver. Can he go two times value at 6K? Absolutely. You know, that's an easy 12 spot. I, I can't imagine him not going around there. Uh, and I'm telling you, I'm feeling lucky this week. Uh, I, I, I know I mentioned it earlier with Cousins. Uh, this is one of those things where you look at Crowder and you go, if it's not going to be now at 5,400 against a dreadful 49ers defense, then it's not going to be 2017. So, and I'm willing to say that, and I'm willing to put it on the line here, and I have Crowder shares in lineups this week. At 54, he's a massive lineup builder where you can pay up for running backs. If you don't feel good about the running backs, you can go all the way up there. Is it a risk? Yes. I'm not going to say it's not, but we've taken some calculated risks here on the pod before, and more often than not, we've been right on. So uh, I'm going here to this well. Is Crowder a risk that you're willing to take? Is prior risk you're willing to take? Or is there somebody else that you like a little bit more in this kind of conversation? Um, it, it, both those guys are interesting, and I'm heavily invested in prior and season long. Um, but what, would, what do you think about 
the other side of, of that game uh, where, where, you know, you have a Garcon uh, going back to Washington for 6,800 uh, when he has really nice target volume uh, and all those numbers. And then um, as well, uh, Marquise Goodwin, uh, he's sitting at, at 30 targets on the season, just coming off a game where he had 11, uh, both Garcon and Goodwin had 11 targets this past week. So I think that uh, going against a Washington secondary that's not going to have Josh Norman, it becomes a lot less intimidating. So I think, you know, like very, you know, this is multi-lineup GPP type of uh, consideration, but I think both of those uh, 49ers receivers are actually kind of in consideration for me. I love Garcon in the full PPR. In the half PPR, a little bit less. Sure. And simply because what I always look for, and uh, we know we've talked about this a lot here on the podcast, but look, it bears mentioning, what I like to, to look for is touchdown upside. And so far, Garcon has a big goose egg on the year in touchdowns. Sure. And it's not his fault, necessarily. It's the fault of the offense. I mean, you're looking at, he's had double-digit targets three of the five weeks so far. He's had some very good games. He's had two game, three games where he's gone over 80 yards. Uh, it's just a matter of can he convert with that upside. Now, if he does, you're looking at a player that goes from two times value to three times value. But I, I think it depends on what contest you're playing in. If I support Pierre Garcon ownership in cash game in tournaments, I think he still lacks that touchdown upside, even with Norman out. Does Crowder not, though? Crowder does, but Crowder's going to cost a lot less. Okay. Now, that's a thousand. That's a $1,400 difference. There you go. Where if you're going to throw the dart and you're going to be wrong, you might still hit a pay line. Where if you're going to throw a dart on Garcon and for God's sake, you know, for some reason it goes awry on you, you've got to have somebody else make up that ground. You yeah, know? I see, I, yeah, I definitely see what you mean. But I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying, and you make a great point with Norman being out. It's definitely on the table more than it would have been normally. Oh, yeah. The trouble is, can can he finally get in the end zone and and some logic will dictate he's due you know you can look at that and go well come on this guy's way overdue here uh but you know that's not necessarily how you want to be investing your money you know yeah and and then i mean you're looking at at the overall slate uh both you're you're staring at garcon and prior at 6800 you're going prior over garcon you know more often than not i would say because prior like you know like you said the important thing is that touchdown upside and i think that prior probably does have that a little bit more but i you know i'm just making it making a stand for for those uh san francisco pass catchers i think both of those guys do end up having solid games uh if not spectacular games and look, you also have to consider what the slate looks like too. You know, we have a slate where Breeze against the Jets, Breeze is at home. Uh, you know, you've got potential there with the Houston Texans putting up some numbers on the Browns. You, you've got you've got a lot of games in play, and then even that other one, the other side potentially with Washington putting up a huge amount of points to San Fran, where you've got to look. Okay, if those are the games where I'm expecting there to be a lot of offense, you know, can the 49ers keep pace? Well, they kept pace a couple of weeks ago with the with the um, Los Angeles Rams. So right. it's not impossible. But even in that game, where's the touchdown for our Garcon? It's not there. And that's, you know, it's, it's tough. It's very tough. You know, speaking of tough, how about tight end? You got Gronk dealing with a thigh injury at 8K. You got Travis Kelsey questionable with a concussion. I don't know. I kind of shy away from that. Jordan Reed says he's healthy, but I don't buy into that as well. No, never. Uh, then you got Cameron Brait, who I actually like Brait. I liked Brait last week. Uh, I liked he was my guy in the Monday Thursday slate. I talked about him at length. Fifteen points the week before against the Giants. We locked him up. Sixteen points the week before that. Oh wait, eleven points. We're talking about a guy who's seeing red zone looks. We're talking about a guy who's getting decent enough volume. And for me against Arizona, where if you're worried about those corners playing well, 
Brait becomes a really good play again and a, and a really viable option at tight end where it's, it's thin, let's be honest. Yeah, it's it's definitely not not a great week as far as tight ends are concerned. I, I kind of liked your your borderline Mel Kiper uh, tangent on, on camera. He's a guy I really like. <laughs> I'd kill for Mel Kiper's hair. It is majestic. It is. I He's mean, a Maryland really... legend. Like if you if you're making a like a Mount Rushmore of Maryland guys, uh, you know he he's certainly on there. And then on the other side, you know the the baldest man in America, Scott Van Pelt, also a great Marylander. So. By the way, is there a better job in the world than Mel Kuyper's? Because he spends, uh, I don't know, six months to a year building up this information to have it all just be wrong on the day of the draft. And then nobody cares. Nobody takes him to cast. Look at a guy like Adam Shaheen, and he's from uh, wherever the heck that – Ashland University (laughs) – Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, you're you're on the point. There. I mean, no one ever takes him to task. No one ever goes, "Wow, you are completely wrong about all these things," you know. And then what happens? Like the next day, whatever it is, like if April fifth is the draft or something like that, the next April sixth, well, just back to the grind. <laughs> yeah, I th- yeah. I think McShay catches it more because he has like a slight Twitter presence. So like when when he suggested that uh, that Mitch Leidner guy is a first round pick, and and then he didn't even get drafted, he got kind of ripped for that. But uh, yeah, Kuiper doesn't really have that same sort of accountability. You can kind of say whatever he wants it's all right i have these breeze numbers here okay this just in you ready okay this is the average here since 2008 breeze coming out of the buy all right uh and this is the average the average game at home all right 28 for 42 okay the average game 382 yards oh 3.6 touchdowns one pick uh average 27 fantasy points the average overall 25 fantasy points um and by the way the the average you know where it's not overall or at home or in a dome uh oh oh it's only uh 364 yards as opposed to 382 so uh i i don't know if that if like i said i there's things that i know the giants can't guard tight ends i know that uh i know that the new england running backs does that make ag derby um a guy that you'd consider then in a tournament he had that cool one-handed catch, though. He did. He he did. Uh, look, it's forty-six hundred, so I can't say no because what does he got to do, right? I yep. mean, it's it's very possible, you know. It's it's you, you can you can make a case for 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 Derby. Um, but how about also Ryan Griffin? Then I, I mean, we're talking about a, a Cleveland pass defense that that is you know terrible, especially against uh, tight ends. Uh, Jabril Peppers just really can't like cover NFL tight ends quite yet. Uh, a little bit undersized for it, and uh, you know, actually, Gr- Griffin uh, is tied for second on, on the on the uh, Texans as far as target volume goes, um, and he was second on the team in, in targets uh, last time the Texans played. So um, he's someone that that I think sneakily uh, could you know get you a touchdown. I, I'm not expecting like a huge game from Griffin, but I think that he can get you like those ten points from min price, and I think that that's certainly uh, something to consider. I think Derby more only because it's been such a lock for so long. <laughs> you know, it really has it's, it's like it's been, amazing it is it's an incredible thing and these are the guys that allow you to put breeze in a lineup with a thomas if you do mm-hmm. want to go that route it's going to allow you to put brady with hogan it's going to you know and and that's okay because tight end most people are going to suck at tight end and there's a good chance those who make investments on the bigger end guys on tight end are going to struggle they're going to have a hard time i mean austin safarian jenkins i was not on last week i was i was advising against that uh, because I thought he needed the touchdown to return, and he did. He got the touchdown, so good for you, Austin Safarian Jenkins. I don't care. 
uh, it's fine. No hard feelings. It's okay. <laughs> but I'm not going to that Just well again. It out, man. It's all good. Hunter Henry is the other guy at 54. If you want to go somewhere in between cheap, but not completely off the board. That's another one where I think Gates is done. I think we can all go through that. Now, Evan Ingram, normally, I would say this is a spot where you want to go and, and find Evan Ingram because now he should be more involved in the offense, but not against Denver. No, 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 no. Do not do this. This is bad. Not even once. I'm going to throw one more out at you because I think when you have a young quarterback like Trubisky, uh, and this was something that we mentioned actually on Monday's podcast, and Joe brought it up, and I agreed with him that, you know, young quarterbacks tend to find the tight end because they like to check down. And Zach Miller is a guy very capable of having six or seven catches in a game, I think, as he ramps up. Now, last week he did catch a touchdown. Uh, He was targeted seven times. He only caught three of them, but still – the seven targets, that's a positive. You got any love for Zach Miller at 5K in this one too is maybe a, a, a more potential uh, than A.J. Derby in terms of foundation, but not as expensive as somebody like Hunter Henry. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. That, that's one I've, I've been kind of playing back and forth in my mind because like you said, uh, the young quarterback tight end connection is a real thing. Um, and Baltimore actually has struggled against the tight end for the most part uh, this season. I think most notably um, the Mercedes Lewis game, uh, which goes down in, in you know infamy uh, with three touchdowns going against that secondary. Um, so I think there is a bit of appeal there, but I think that uh, Trubisky's uh, bound to struggle. And this isn't even just the homer in me. I think that Baltimore's defense, especially at home, is really, really tough against rookie quarterbacks. I think that the records uh, and the numbers have kind of played out that way since uh, John Harbaugh became the coach in 2008. Um, so I'd, I would probably, you know, if I'm looking at it, Ben Watson's also 5,000. I'd probably go Ben Watson over Zach Miller this week, to be honest with you. No, that's fair. That's fair enough. Uh, these are why we uh, answer these questions because they are the tough questions and they need answering. All right, over two and a half million players have won cash prizes playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at fanduel.com slash rotowire and you'll get a free six-month rotowire subscription plus free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than one million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit fanduel.com slash rotowire Void where prohibited. All right, let's go over to the defense uh, because kickers don't matter. They're kickers. Uh, defense, well, if you're going to look for a kicker, Will Lutz, all right? Try, try to attach him with Drew Brees. Don't, uh, don't get cute. <laughs> Did you not listen to the Drew Brees stuff? Did you not hear about the Brees stats there? Um, Denver Broncos against uh, the Giants are 54. Give me all of that. Give me I, all this of is, that. This is one of those well, weeks well, where – Hold on, hold on. Before you say give me all of that. Jacksonville at 49 at home against the Rams. There's a $500 difference. Can you make a case for the Ram uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Rams? Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. But I, I think the Jaguars, they do have a, a glitch in the system that they, they are pretty bad against the run in general. Um, so I think that Gurley, uh, you know, is kind of a nice consideration in this one. Uh, I mean, their secondary is terrifying. And I think that they, they certainly uh, have that turnover upside. Um, but, uh, for me, Denver going against the most beleaguered of beleaguered teams right now, you know, like it, it's really, you know, we're talking about, I saw Roger Lewis get picked up for for a quarter of someone else's <laughs> fab budget yesterday. <laughs> dark, dark I, I thought you were going to say an actual quarter. Like he wouldn't even spend a whole dollar, <laughs> like just a quarter. Can I, don't I get know, just one, one wide receiver? Can I get one? <laughs> I got 10 cents. Can I get one rib? Ty- Tyrone Biggums. Yes. See? God, see, you get it. Tell you, man. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, this one—the one rib is actually—I think that's—is that Chris Rock from the, from, 
from CB4, I want to say. Oh, oh. I think that's what I'm doing there. If memory serves, I might be crossing. You're close. Not far off, but it's it's Chris Rock, I think, trying to get by one rib. No, <laughs> you got, got yeah, no, you got me there. Yeah, Chappelle, Tyrone Biggums is Tyrone Biggums like, can I, can I get can I get one for a quarter? <laughs> That's well up there. That's <laughs> Tyrone Biggums. But uh, in terms of like defense, if you don't want to pay for defense, which I highly I recommend you this week. I, I think, highly recommend paying for it. <laughs> yes, it like it's worked out more often than not this year. If you've gone the more expensive uh, defense on the board, like uh, you know a couple weeks ago, Seattle hosting Indianapolis, they were expensive as hell. They were, I think they were probably fifty four hundred too. They had two defensive touchdowns. I mean, this is this is just a scenario where it's not like you don't feel awesome about paying up for defense, but. I think we've thrown out enough, you know, kind of lower or mid-tier guys that that have some upside and value on on the offensive side to where you can kind of go after a, De- a Denver defense or a Jacksonville defense, and and you can expect uh, double-digit points out of them because of of what they're going against and how good they are. So I, I do like paying up the defenses. I week. can't, you know, and with Norman, if Norman was in, that's different. Sure, but even so, it's only two hundred hours less than Jacksonville, and, and I and I have to. You know, and then you'll get Baltimore. Well, Baltimore is the same as Jacksonville. So why wouldn't you just pay for Jacksonville? Uh, and I'm all with you. Denver Broncos, 5,400, lock it up. Uh, you know, I think the point differential here. All right, so here we go. We're going to get to our bonus question. Last week was Aaron Rodgers going to be the top uh, quarterback point getter? Uh, John said yes. I said no. Uh, I won. In fact, I said Dak Prescott without score him. I should get a bonus point, but I'm not going to do that to you. Uh, <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, now you're just rubbing it in. Uh, that's right. How does it smell? You like that? <laughs> All right. Here we go. Here we go. So let's do this up. Uh, I teased that this would be about the uh, the, the Giants, uh, and uh, I teased. And I'm of the mind that I think there's a real good chance that they are going to get shut out in this game. That's That's what I'm thinking. Now, here's my question for you. Number of what's going to be uh, more likely here? I guess I guess that's kind of the question. Uh, points scored by the Giants or Eli Manning interceptions? You know it's tough, and and that you know it's crazy how how like fair of a question that is to ask at this. Isn't point. it though? <laughs> it's nuts. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm thinking goose egg. I'm I'm putting him in there for a shutout. I say zero on See, the road I, in Denver. Zero. Really. My only thing is that maybe like Simeon messes up, gives the Giants a short-ish field, and Eli does a classic Joe Flacco drive where they they get set up uh, in pretty good position. They go three and out for minus six yards, but because you know Denver's basically on the moon, you can kick it from wherever you want. I think the Giants maybe get a field goal, and and then Eli only throws two interceptions. All so right. I'm going to go with the Giants scoring more points on than Eli interceptions. But okay, more right. points for the Giants than Eli Manning interceptions. I'm going to take the opposite end of that because I'm feeling frisky because I got a lead to work with. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, no, yeah. And I think it's going to make this game so much more fun. Now watch. If they score in the opening drive to field goal, I'm going to get pissed off, man. I'm going to text you immediately. <laughs> oh, I know you will. <laughs> oh, I know you will. All right, so – uh, just to recap, naked Drew Brees, uh, the Giants won't be able to score any points. <laughs> pay down for running backs, pay up for wide receivers. Uh, tight end is the Wild West, and uh, we are awesome. So you can follow him at Johnny McKex. You can follow me at Joe Pizapia17. For everybody here at Rotowire, have a great weekend of Daily Fantasy. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.